welcome to Joke Fight Club, a podcast that's recorded in front of a live audience outside of Watts Comedy Club in Kingston. Lovely welcome. Let's crack straight on and meet the contestants. First up is Michael Fabry. Hello, Michael. Hello. Tell us an interesting fact about yourself. Um, I was a Cub Scout in one of those fairy liquid adverts. <laughs> <laughs> well, but who was the main star? Was it Nanette Newman? Nanette Newman was it? Yeah, yeah. I'm, my, I was cut from it though. But I was in. I was there when the advert was being made. Right. But you can't see me in it. Okay. <laughs> and they only showed out one twice. It's not the one you're thinking of. But yeah, but that's all I could come up with wow. out of all the time I spent on this planet. That's it. <laughs> well, at least it was one of the uh, 70s entertainers that isn't part of the, uh, the pedo ring. So you did all right. Time, you? time will well, tell. You would have had a great time with that one. <laughs> all right. Well, that's, so that is a story. She <laughs> <laughs> used very liquid as lube on us. Oh, started dark quite early. Well done. That's Michael Fabry for you. All right. Uh, and also up against him will be Mr. Stephen Grant. Hello, Stephen. Hello. Tell us an interesting fact about yourself. Uh, this Sunday, or uh, last Sunday, if you're listening to a podcast, uh, I'm riding 100 miles uh, through London for the very first time, and the pain of the training has been identical to the pain of the recovery from my vasectomy. <laughs> Genuinely, it's exactly the same pain. <laughs> has, any, has anyone here had a vasectomy? No. Has anyone here rode 100 miles? No. Well, there you go then. Uh, I've taken two <laughs> points of reference that nobody knows, and I've told you that they overlap. So I hope we've all fucking learned something. So um, there you go. Good on you, mate. All right, and finally, competing for uh, the title of Captain Jokes will be me, uh, Math Brown. Interesting fact about me is I've just uh, started a 30-day challenge where I can't have booze or sugar. Uh, doesn't sound that challenging, I know, but adding the fact that I'm going to the world's biggest drinking festival next week called the Edinburgh Festival, <laughs> uh, and you'll appreciate that's a fucking stupid move on my behalf. Uh, we need a judge uh, to decide who wins the podcast, and today's judge is Robin Perkins. Hello, Robin. Hello. Tell us an interesting fact about yourself. Well, uh, I'm pretty sure Michael Fabry's named his kid after me. <laughs> that is true. That my, <laughs> my baby's called Robin, so yeah. yeah. She was definitely named after you were named Robin. Yep. <laughs> so that's, half, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks for that. All right, then. Let's crack on with it. Uh, so the first round is called My 1.28 Penceworth, where comedians vent about something uh, that has vexed them. You'll get me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea why I wrote that bit, but I thought, yeah, why not? We'll chuck it in, see what happens. See if we get some younger listeners. That'll work. Uh, um, all right, so up first, uh, who's a man who's increasingly angry, and I love seeing him being angry. It's Mr. Stephen Grant. Oh, thank you very much. It was tricky, this one, because I genuinely try to work out what sort of things I'm angry about. I'm angry about a huge amount at the moment. 2016 is the year of being angry if you're a normal human being. And uh, I mean, I, there were some basic ones that I was going to share with you because whenever I go into London, I want to know things like why the circle line isn't a fucking circle. That annoys me. And then I realised when it was a circle, the thing that annoyed me more was that there was only one stop on it with wheelchair access, which does, does beg the question, where the fuck are they going? What is it? Is it, is it a day out? I went clockwise. I went anti-clockwise. I've had a lovely day. But I... Um, <laughs> But genuinely, the thing that has actually most annoyed me at the moment, it was a revelation to think about this, is why are racists so bad at spelling? I genuinely can't get... There is definitely a massive Venn diagram overlap between poor spelling and being racist. And by the way, I mean it that way round, that racists are bad at spelling, not bad spellers 
are racists. I mean, I think you've got to be quite clear about this. If you're not good, I'm not saying, I mean, I know Michael is dyslexic, by the way, and in no way after this is he going to go and just run over some yellow people, okay? I mean, it's, it's not the case. My four-year-old, by the way, uh, can barely, sp he can't, he, he struggles spelling three-letter words, you know? And we, we tried duck on him, on him the other day and he, he didn't manage that. But I don't think he's going to subjugate uh, an, an entire subcontinent as a result of it. I, um, but it's, it's, it's true. I mean, and you'll see it on, on, on internet forums. Uh, you'll see it uh, pretty much everywhere that somebody tries to make an argument online. But you'll see it on graffiti as well. That's where it was. It started with graffiti. And the problem with graffiti was that nobody ever comes on and corrects it, do they? <laughs> Uh, in the same way as you do the internet, where you'd think at least racists would learn to spell better, but they don't want to. Uh, it was actually at a pub not that far from here that I saw one recently uh, that said, Packy's out. Now, obviously, that's an incredibly offensive thing to write, uh, but what really upset me about this was that they put an apostrophe between the I and the S, right? I mean, there was, meaning there was one Packy and he was out. And I, I got genuinely fucking annoyed about that. I mean, I, unless, of course, he was a cricket commentator and he was playing to a very selective audience. I mean, this was inside a toilet. Um, and, but as with most of these situations, you should, you should basically, you should always confront racism wherever you see it. And uh, I had two choices there. Um, and one of them was to try and uh, scrub out using a marker pen. Uh, but what I found was easier was to write under Packy's out, but he'll be back Wednesday. In uh, <laughs> some sort of way of making people feel as if there was going to be a happy ending to this. Um, and, and, and then the other one you always see on the American ones is, is I hate muslins, uh, which I think is... <laughs> Fabulous. Um, but I think I've worked this one out. It's because they spent about 200 years calling black people cotton pickers. And so it's a general hatred of material. <laughs> I, um, so, uh, so they just need to sit back and have a, a, have a joint. Though that is also a natural plain fibre. So uh, they probably wouldn't enjoy that either. So yeah, that's my 1.2 pence. So Stephen Grant, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Excellent. All right, I'm going to go next. Uh, I'm going to be talking about uh, my trip. I've just come back from visiting family in Australia, and I had to go to my 10-year-old niece's school assembly. Uh, one, it was at 8.30 in the morning, and two, do you know they don't have bars there? <laughs> yeah, an hour and 10 minutes, I had to sit through some pricks reading about Aborigines, right? <laughs> uh, if I don't listen to, that makes me a racist. And uh, apparently, you're not allowed to heckle at the school assemblies. Found that out the hard way when I tried to start a slow hand clap. <laughs> One of them got performance anxiety and started crying. What was I supposed to do? Be supportive? Not without a bar, my friend. <laughs> uh, and as you can tell, I I'm not really a kid person. A lot of my friends have got kids now and they bring their kids to the pub. Don't do that. I don't turn up to their playgroup with a can of Stella, do I? <laughs> Anymore. <laughs> All right, that's me. Uh, let's move on next to uh, Mr. Michael Fabry. Cool. Um, I don't want to give the impression I came up with my stuff on the way here, but I hate it on the train. Um, <laughs> I don't like those... Toilets with the electronic slidey doors. I want them to get rid of, just put in the old ones back. Because I get really anxious that I'm going to press the button and there's going to be someone in there. Because it happens to me, it's happened to me several times now. So I've, what I've noticed I'm doing, lots of other people I've seen do this as well, is that they approach those slidey doors like the FBI approach a house they're about to storm with a gun. They stand to, with their back to the, to the door and then they press the button and you, you, if you hear screaming, you don't... You don't go in. Um, does anyone? <laughs> like, uh, that's what I'm doing in the toilets. I just, I just keep out of the way, and I don't. And then if, yeah, if I don't hear any screaming, then I'll go into the toilet. If I do hear screaming, I just stay put. Uh, so I want the old toilets back. <laughs> that's, that's my what I'm angry about most yeah. in the world. Excellent. Thanks, mate. Round applause, Mike. <laughs> All right. That's the end of the first round. So let's check in with Judge Perkins to see who you think won. Well, I uh, and so I think as much as I, I hate I hate people that inappropriately bring their kids everywhere, <laughs> and uh, I also 
actually like the electronic bathrooms, uh, especially on Virgin when they start saying these things like don't flush anything down the toilet like your boss's sweater. Um, which you, I gotta give Virgin credit, but I will say the winner of this round is Stephen Grant. So, oh. my favorite. Excellent work, sir. All right, then, we'll move on to the next round, uh, which is called What Would You Make Compulsory If You Could? We're going to do about uh, six each, six, seven each, oh. and we'll go one at a time. And, uh, Steve, would you like to go first? Oh, right, OK, six or seven. OK. <laughs> um, well, you do, if you've got more, we'll do more. No, 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 I think the way you are looking is in the wrong direction. So <laughs> I... Uh, uh, well, okay, first of all, I would, on the basis of what I said earlier on, you probably guessed this one, I'd make text messages cost extra for spelling mistakes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Michael? Uh, I think if someone's getting married, it should be compulsory that they pay for my travel there, <laughs> my accommodation, my clothing, and come to think of it, my fucking time. <laughs> Uh, apart from Stephen Grant's wedding, who I was at, and his wife's over there. Um, but they had theirs on a Tuesday evening, ten minutes from my house. All weddings can be like that, and that'll be fine. Excellent. Well done, mate. Uh, I'd make it compulsory for... Uh, well, basically, I'd get... Repla oh, well, I'd replace penalties in World Cups with something that England would be good at, like tutting. <laughs> Uh, I think selfie sticks should be allowed, but they should be made of urtica diohica. And if you don't know what urtica diohica is, it's the stinging nettle. And I believe uh, stinging nettle stalk is a perfect material for the selfie stick because you'd have to really, really want one to get one. And it would be worth it for the people who are that egotistical for the expression on their face when they held it. I think every selfie would tell you that you would never do that again. <laughs> oh, um, I... Uh, I, I want them to rename the oboe. <laughs> uh, uh, on, that should be compulsory. It's only because it's, I've got some oboe music and it's quite beautiful. And I just think oboes would be more popular if they weren't called oboes. To me, <laughs> oboe, it sounds like, like, from a, a, like a deformed servant in a Hammer film. Like, <laughs> oboe, help the doctors with his bags. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> hey! <laughs> <laughs> Do not fear Obo, I found him half dead in a lake. <laughs> he means no harm, he's the mind of a child. What would you so, call him then? What would I call him? I don't, I don't really know. Um, uh, bungle trumpets. <laughs> bungle trumpets, all right, fair enough. Um, all right, uh, I, it's, it's summer now and you're getting the, you get a lot of those blokes who take their tops off uh, but still wear their jeans and walk along in the high streets. Uh, I would make it compulsory if you see one of them that they have to get a top tattooed onto them. <laughs> uh, I think people who park in Disabled Bay should be disabled. Now, you might think this is the existing rule, but you have to look at the specific wording there. I mean that you cannot go and retrieve your car from it unless you are disabled. So if you parked and they're able-bodied, we should be allowed to make the person be disabled <laughs> in order to do it. So if they just can't say, oh, I was only going to be five minutes, that gives you five minutes with a crowbar to make it valid that they were parking there. So... Uh, <laughs> um, I want it compulsory that they keep the lights dimmed on trains. Because I, uh, I was on a train recently and the lights failed and I could see my iPad better and it was all nice and chilled. So I just think <laughs> it was really... I was the nicest train journey I've ever had. So I think that, yeah, 
they should compulsory route, no, no more lights and trains. <laughs> it would be so nice. It'd be worth it for the odd fatality here and there. Right. Um. <laughs> um, I've just had to have my passport renewed and uh, you know, there's certain rules when you go and get your passport photo done and I think they're quite dull. Uh, I think we should ch change the rules. So it should be compulsory that every passport photo would have to be done in the style of the 80s Athena poster style of the woman playing tennis showing her bum. I think that would be, <laughs> you know, that would be better. We'll do one more each. Uh, yeah, OK. I think anyone who voted leave should have to manually uh, stand at the border. <laughs> <laughs> Just think if it's that important to them, they should take their time out of their day. Um, I don't know if it's a good crowbar, but I think I would like to make it compulsory for Facebook uh, to stop sending me these memory things. <laughs> Every now and then I get this thing and it's supposed to be make me all nostalgic. It's a picture from seven years ago. They might as well just say... Look how much weight you put on. <laughs> so I want that to stop. Uh, and finally, uh, I'd make it compulsory. Well, basically, I'd legalise punching Katie Hopkins. All <laughs> <laughs> right, that's the end of that round. Round applause for everyone. Yay. All right. Uh, let's check it again with Judge Perkins. Who won that round, please? Uh, I think my favourite one has got to be the weddings, so Michael Fabry's going to take that one. Michael oh. Fabry's the winner! All right, round to round three. Now, this is the round that most comedians fucking hate doing. It's the poems round. Um, so, we'll change the order. Uh, Fabs, do you want to go first? Okay, sure. Um, I've called this, That's Worse. <laughs> uh, only the first two lines rhymed and I gave up. So, <laughs> it's very aggravating when your right hip starts vibrating. You reach down for your phone. It's not there. It's on the coffee table in front of you. But maybe not as bad as feeling an itch in your arm, reaching across to scratch it and remembering you lost it in a gas explosion. <laughs> That's worse. <laughs> yes, it's annoying my phone vibrates when it's not there, but once I started writing a Christmas card to somebody I'd forgotten was dead. <laughs> That's worse, and that's it. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll go next. Mine's more of a script than a poem, but, uh, yeah, Crowbar and in, so, you know, let's enjoy it. <laughs> Woman one. You know Mary from my church? Woman two. What? Jesus' mum, Mary? Woman one. No, Mary with a wonky eye. Woman two. Oh, yeah. Woman one. She's just shat her pants in Asda. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Crowbar and in. Never mind. Might edit that out this week. Okay, uh, well, I very rarely, 19 years in comedy, get a chance to do a poem, so I, felt, I always find them quite profound. So people might recognise this from uh, famous anti-Nazi Protestant Martin Niemöller, who, uh, who said how we should all work together embodied in spirit, and in sort of 2016, our sort of post-Brexit era, I think it's very important to us. So here's my take on this famous, uh, famous speech, which is, uh, first they came for the socialists, and I said nothing, because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I said nothing, because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I said nothing, because I was not a Jew. And then they came for me. And then I realised this system of boarding was even shitter than EasyJet's. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, Stephen Grouts. Yeah, nice quick round. Once again, let's check in with uh, Judge Perkins. I oh, it's a tough one between Maff and and Stephen, but I think I'm going to give it to to Maff just because uh, I, I don't fucking get it. Yeah, because <laughs> it, it baffled the whole room. Yeah, that's what I'm good at. Uh, all right, let's go to the next round. Uh, now it's called one liners or routine of your choice. Uh, so basically, they'll do whatever it was to fit into their style. Uh, Stephen, would you like to go first? This is great. Again, I've not done one liners in nearly 20 years of doing stand up, so it said to me seven to ten good ones, and I thought, why have seven to ten good ones when you get 14? Shit, well. So here we 
go. Um, narcissistic people should take a long look harder at themselves. Uh, I'm an ergomaniac. The evidence is there for everyone to see. Okay. Aerosol users. Uh, with all great power showers come great responsibility showers. Uh, for you, the sky's the limit. That's a NASA rejection letter. Uh, uh, I used to swim competitively. Well, seconds after leaving my dad's knob. Um, I bought a card to apologise for calling my wife fat and distant, and it just made matters worse. <laughs> Thanks, moon pig. Uh, so, uh, and, and the remaining jokes, and these are all one-liners, are all facts. So I feel this could be educational as well as entertaining. Here we go. Facts. Flicker is not the female version of Grinder. Um, Crossbreeding ducks with goats helps you get down with the kids. The Queen of Sheba made most of her money suing cat food manufacturers. Sausage roll and hollandaise sauce is called Greg's Benedict. Edison actually invented the light bulb by having an idea and simply looking up. The world's most masculine name is Guy Chapman, as it's effectively bloke, bloke, bloke. <laughs> and finally, Chinese women who can fire assorted chocolates out of their vaginas are wong on so many revels. <laughs> oh, very good, yeah. Round of applause has been well. Well, those hours on Twitter not wasted, as you can see. It's all come to fruition. All right, I'll have a go now. Um, so, give me some one liners. Uh, I have to ask my guests if they're all right with dogs, because my wife is ugly. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I like it. Uh, I like to dress for the occasion, providing the occasion is Katie Hopkins' funeral. <laughs> I've joined Fathers for Justice. I haven't got any kids, but I've got a cracking Batman outfit. <laughs> We spent a large part of my childhood playing hide-and-seek, and my dad was brilliant at it. 37 years, and we still haven't found him. <laughs> when I was 11, uh, I gave a girl I went to school with a box of chocolates, which sounds romantic, doesn't it? But she was diabetic, and I didn't like her. <laughs> we, uh, we went on a murder mystery weekend. It turned out I did it, because I couldn't take any more shit acting. <laughs> Do you reckon a Hulk calls his penis the green-eyed monster? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my girlfriend asked me to take the washing out, so me, seven dresses and a sock, are going for a Nando's. <laughs> I had a threesome with Paul Daniels and David Blaine. It was fucking magic. <laughs> Thanks, Babs. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Uh, my girlfriend told me that the spark has gone out of a relationship, so I tasered her. <laughs> I, love uh, I love meeting new people. Uh, you can't call them that. Babies. <laughs> I fucking love that one. Oh, never mind. If time is a great healer, how come Lieutenant Dan's legs haven't grown back yet? That film was 20 years ago. Still no legs. <laughs> Have you ever watched porn films to the end? Uh, you should, because they've got bloopers. <laughs> oh, man, I just came in her ear. Sorry, I, I just came in your ear. So it just came in your ear. <laughs> I bought a house today in Liverpool, because uh, I bought some Scotch eggs and had some change left over. <laughs> Blue Monday, a song by New Order or a promotion to get Smurfs in your bar? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought that would go better. Never mind. Um, uh, here's a few things about me, actually. I can do the Rubik's Cube in just seven weeks with the aid of an autistic kid. Uh, when I was younger, I won a three-legged race with no partner, ladies. <laughs> I won the Young Thief of the Year award. Well, I didn't, but I do have the trophy. 
Uh, the first record I bought was Tainted Love, and I lost my virginity to it. Uh, it was tough getting my willy through that hole, but I made it. <laughs> uh, I'd really like to become a professional dance player, but I don't have the diabetes. <clears throat> I can tell the sex of a baby just by looking at its crutch. <laughs> my girlfriend has a nickname for my penis. She calls it my weapon of mass destruction because she doesn't believe I have one. <laughs> there you go, that's me. All right, good. <laughs> and over to uh, Mark Fabry. Cool. Uh, my, mine are all about flowers. <laughs> I, thought, I thought we had to do a theme. I must have misread it. But, uh, okay, um, right. So, um... <laughs> I went to Glastonbury Festival and I, I, I got a bit wasted and I went into one of those portadoos they have there and I passed out in, in the portadoo. I don't know how long I was out before, eventually I woke up, stepped out of the portadoo and I was at the Chelsea Flower Show. <laughs> this place has got so middle class. Um, I, I used to work in a, in a garden centre. For some reason, a lot of the staff were fucking geezers and they weren't like really wanted to show off about how match of the world. But the thing is, it doesn't really work when you work in a garden centre. Uh, because like, I walked into the office once and this, the, the manager was right, geezer was on the phone to a supplier. And he's like, he's going, right, I called on Monday, you said they'd be here Wednesday. I called back Wednesday, you said Friday. We're now back on Monday. Where are my fucking pansies? <laughs> um, in the garden centre, people used to come and show off, like the, 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 the customers would come in and they'd, they'd be showing off, well, they knew the Latin names for the plants that we were selling. They, they'd come and, oh, I've just got... I've just got a, I've just got one um, uh, viola tricolor var hortensis, and just like, when we were sixteen, like we're going to go fucking hell, you know that it's amazing. What, and there was a girl who used to work with who used to pretend it turned her on. Uh, <laughs> so so somebody would give her plants, and he goes, oh, I've just got. So many people did this. Goes, oh, I've just got this um, uh, euphorbia uh, pulchamira, and she went, oh, say that again. <laughs> euphorbia pulchamira, slowly. <laughs> Uh, I miss her. Um, yeah, um, uh, I, I used to uh, uh, live and work in Camberwell in South London. It was really uh, rough. And they used to put flowers everywhere, but they all commemorate where people have been murdered. Um, Camberwell came third in London in bloom one year. We hadn't entered. Just, uh, one time there was a murder um, outside the florist, and it was very difficult to tell where the florist ended and the grief began. <laughs> Uh, it was Valentine's Day, so it looked like people had paid their respects with heart-shaped helium balloons. Um, and uh, I just, lastly, I was in Madeira a month ago, and there's lots of wonderful flowers there. Uh, it's wonderful. I was really blown away by it. And I'm not a blokey bloke, but I just realised it's quite difficult to come back when people say, how's your holiday? And so, like, oh, the, yeah, the flowers are amazing. <laughs> you just feel like a bit like you've crossed the line. I don't know, it's not fine. It's fine to like, but it's just like... I just suddenly, my inner lad was like, just didn't feel it. Mate, the fucking horticulture. It just, I just, I, I, didn't, I didn't like doing that. Um, that's it. I probably should have made myself less a narrow perimeter. <laughs> Michael Fabry! Yeah, much respect. Thank you. Michael. All right. Uh, just before we go to the final round, let's check in once again with uh, Judge Robin, find out who won the one-liners. Oh, it, it's Stephen Grant. I, lo I love the duck in the... In the that, but I love all of them, but that one was my favourite. <laughs> well done, Stephen. The duck in the coat. Yeah, you yeah, remember the joke better than I did. Okay, yeah, well, I, no, I really liked it. Oh, yeah, get down with the kids. Yeah, yeah get down with the it's kids. classic. Yeah. Second time anyone's heard it now. Excellent. All right, so the final <laughs> round. <laughs> 
So we're going to final round. This round is just for Stephen and Michael because uh, it's the embarrassing stories, uh, about two embarrassing stories about themselves. Uh, who wants to go first? Anyone up it? Um, I don't mind. Yeah, go on, Stephen. Okay, uh, so um, I've embarrassed myself in front of my doctor recently, which sounds like the kind of thing that you should do as a comic anyway, but it wasn't actually specific to me. Uh, what it was is that my little boy, he's, he's two years old, and he's got an ear infection. He's had it since he was nine months old, so he's had it for a, nearly a year and a half now, and uh, he, he basically bumps into everything because he's got his ear perforation. It's a super bug as well. The antibiotics can't get rid of it, and whenever he wanders around, he bangs into things, which is obviously quite upsetting, but, you know, it's been a year and a half now, so it's quite funny. And, um, you know, and, you know, like he wants to get his runs over, hits it, falls over, you know, and everyone goes, is he all right? And we laugh. And then Christmas Day, you know, big pile of presents, him the other end of the lounge, bumping into things, hurting himself. He's quite clever, though. He worked out what to grab onto, so he moved a few chairs. The funny started again. And um, this has been going on for quite a while now, because we obviously, uh, because we can't get rid of this uh, ear infection. And the doctor, oh, we went to see him re regularly, uh, said, look, now that he's getting a lot older and he's getting a lot quicker, what you'll need to do is uh, possibly invest in a helmet for him to wear because when he falls over, there's a good chance he might hurt himself. And obviously, he's a lot faster and a lot bigger now, so that it could cause some serious damage. So I said, OK, fine, I've seen those in Halfords. They're about 20 quid, a little bike helmet. I'll get one of those. And he sort of, you know, and bearing in mind, I'm, I'm the, the primary carer in this instance. He said, no, 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 it's, it's going to be too heavy. You'll need something, an indoor helmet, and it's an NHS one. I thought, even better, it's free. He said, no, no, you have to buy it. It's £350. <laughs> Now, obviously, you're going, oh, right, okay, but obviously, I'm the parent of this boy, and this is about preserving his life. But I did exactly what you did, and went, and you know, I shouldn't have said something out loud, but I'm a comic, so that's what I do. And I went, that's the same price as an Apple Watch, which I appreciate <laughs> was not the caring response that he was expecting. To, and of course, he looked at me like completely stony faced, as if to go, this is your child's chance of surviving an accident that he's talking about. So obviously I went and got one, and uh, here it is. It is genuinely brilliant. I uh, thoroughly recommend one of these things. You can bring up photos. A little minute. He's got a little picture of him right there in bandages, if you look closely. I, uh, it's great. I do recommend it. Excellent. Stephen Grant, well done. Uh, finally, uh, Mr Michael Fabry. So I'm, not, I'm not really too embarrassed by this, but I'm partially proud of it, really. I was in a, a comedy club in Birmingham. Uh, and it was one of the sort of the big chain comedy clubs, and they're multi-venued these places. So you have the comedy club upstairs, and you've got like a sports bar downstairs, and, a, and another you know, nightclub over on another side of it. And uh, I turn up there early to get some free food, as, as you guess, as a, one of the perks of this job. And I turn up early, and there was a football match going on, and it was a really serious one. I don't, I don't really follow football, but there was like, fucking, really, like, lo loads of these just blokes just going mad. And I tried to make an effort and watch for a little bit, and some blokes, oh, get your fucking head out of the way. I thought, sorry. Uh, <laughs> so I just, I oh, forget this, I'm going to my dressing room. So, so I went up to the dressing room and there was a there was a TV in the dressing room and there never been one there before. I thought, great, there's a telly. So I put the telly on. So I turned the TV on the side and I got the remote and the remote wasn't working, uh, and there was a lead going into a cupboard, and I opened up the cupboard and the sky box was in there and then I was I was able to change the channel. You may well be ahead of me here. Uh, this was the control panel for the whole venue. Um, so in the closing minutes uh, of this apparently very important football match. Uh, during a crucial short corner, I put on the Vicar of Dibley. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I could hear it from the, the downstairs. It's, oh, what the fuck's going on? It's, oh, it's a dirty game, isn't it? Um, and then I wanted to order some food, so I left and I, and I went down the stairs a bit and I saw 
So, and I just saw these blokes watching the Vicar of Dibley. And it's, it, it looks like that's what they turn up to do. They're just like, you got a booze on Saturday, Dibley's on. There's those signs outside saying, Saturday night, big screen, Dibley. <laughs> uh, yeah, so anyway, so um, I should be embarrassed, but I'm not. And I should have run back and changed the channel, and I didn't. Uh, so that's my story. Thank you. Well done, my preferred. Excellent, excellent work around. That's the uh, that's the end of the uh, the podcast. So let's find out who uh, who won that round first of all. Out, Michael and Stephen. Uh, I don't. Okay, am I allowed to give a tie? You can if you want can, to. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give a tie. Okay. I like. Uh, yeah. Coward, yeah. but yeah, fair enough. <laughs> uh, and then so now well, all we need it, to do yeah. is decide who won the whole uh, whole uh, podcast out of all three of us. So uh, what do you reckon? Stephen Grant. Stephen Grant is the winner this week. Yes. I'd like to thank my family. <laughs> yes, I know that will mean so much to you. That will go on your CV. Well it done. Will, uh, fabulous. <laughs> Something finally. Excellent. So, thank you very much for listening. Uh, we will be back in September now. We're having a summer break. Uh, so, uh, one more round of applause, please, for the contestants and the judge, Stephen Grant, Michael Fabry, and Robert Perkins. Thank you. Thanks for listening.